cross What's happening? I'm a member now, you know. <laughs> so good to see you and be with you again this morning. As you got now for the new folks, I've got to get the new folks, you know, uh, situated with me. All right. You guys have to know, I go to a Baptist church. <laughs> um, now, it used to be that people wore watches, right? And the pastors would take their watch off and put it on the podium, right? And, and a young man, now we use different stuff, right? And a young man asked his dad, you know, well, Dad, what does that mean? You know, when they put the watch on the podium, what does that mean for the preacher? And for the Baptist preacher, it doesn't mean a thing. (laughs) Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for another opportunity to come before you, to stand in your presence. We thank you, God, for the message that you are going to give us today about yourself. May we leave different. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay. I want to start by reading the Bible. That's a good thing to do in church. So if you have your Bible with you or if you have your device or whatever, if you don't, don't feel bad. I have mine, so I'll read it to you. All right? So let's turn to Exodus chapter 15, Exodus 15, and we're going to start at verse 22, Exodus 15, 22. It says, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, they named the place, therefore, the name of the place, it is called Marah. Anyhow. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. What shall we drink? The Lord showed him a tree. Stay with me. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Ah. Then he, and that's a capital H, so now we're talking about God talking, not Moses. Stay with me. Right? And he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he, God, tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. Now here's where I was getting. For I am the Lord who heals you. Now, what's in a name? Hmm. A person's name conjures up images of the meaning of that name due to that person's characteristics. Depending on your experience, and I am asking, Depending on your experience, what images come to mind 
when I say these names or titles? When I say teacher, what comes to mind? Okay, school and apples. <laughs> yeah, I taught for 37 years. I think I got two apples. Come on. All right. Um, I think of two teachers. I think of my favorite teacher, Mrs. Harrison, sixth grade. Or I think of the teacher who wasn't my favorite, Mrs. Payne. And yes, she was. Okay, fifth grade, right? But you get an image, don't you? What image comes to mind when you hear mommy? When you hear daddy? When you hear, like my title now, nana, right? Or grandma or big mama or whatever you called her, right? I have a t-shirt that says I'm that grandma, <laughs> right? By demonstration, though, and repetition, the above people established a reputation that was attached forever to that name. In fact, all of your memories go to that place because of that name. And you even expect other people who have that title to be like that name, right? Yes. Right. You know, new, new husbands make the big mistake of, of wanting their wife to cook like their mama. <laughs> and new wives make the mistake of wanting their husbands to fix things, like daddy used to be able to fix everything. So see, since I'm a mom and, and I know all this stuff about personalities and all that kind of stuff, I was very careful with how I was as a mom from the time I first had my first son because you do know that your kids are going to grow up and they're going to talk about you. <laughs> so I decided I was gonna control that narrative. Right? What they have to say about me needs to be what I placed before them. That was important, what was in the name mommy for them. I wanted it to be a positive one. I wanted it to be a godly one. So it is with God and his names. His names communicate to us his attributes. And he is deliberate about the way he presents himself to us. So we are going to look this morning at how, at how he presents himself to us as Jehovah Rapha, right? The first time he reveals himself as the God who heals was in that passage that we just read, all right? Um, he says that he, he says, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now notice the context. In the context, God is not saying he will heal them after they were sick. He says, he will keep them from getting sick. Huh? That's a little bit different, isn't it? He's going to keep them from getting sick in the first place. His power to heal sets them apart from the nations of people who refuse to follow him. Now, our bodies were never intended to get sick and die. 
We were created to live forever. And then Adam and Eve <laughs> messed the whole thing up. <laughs> and God said, all right, <laughs> I'm not letting you guys stick around forever anymore. Because of what? Good. See, Pastor, they've been reading the Bible. <laughs> because of sin, right? Sin entered and I died, right? So the healing, the cleansing of sin comes even before we can even start talking about the cleansing of the body or the healing of the body. And then some of you have memorized Psalm 23. Are people still memorizing scripture these days? Good for you. You need to, me this, is, this is free. You need to memorize scripture because look around. Folk are not very um, nice to Christians in your worldview. And there could come a time when they don't want you to have your Bible any longer. You need to start today memorizing God's word. Huh? It's called Amen or Amen. amen. Okay. Those right there. <laughs> so, um, Psalm 23 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. So, I've come here today to talk about three easy things to remember about Jehovah Rapha the God who heals. And there will be a test, so pay attention. <laughs> Number one, God heals. <laughs> okay. God heals. Jehovah Rapha means, in Hebrew, Jehovah is simply to be or to exist. Right? So you have to have like, another name that goes with Jehovah, right? He is, Jehovah, well, he is what? And in this, today, we're saying he is Rapha, the God who heals. And heals means to heal or to restore. So that first mention was there in Exodus, but throughout the Bible, he shows himself as the God who heals. So for example, he healed Sarah of infertility. Right? She couldn't have any kids, then now she can have kids. Healing, right? He, he raised the Shunammite's son in 2 Kings from death. Healed him. Hezekiah got 15 extra years, right? Healing. And then, of course, all through the New Testament, right? The lame, we saw the lame walk, the blind see, um, the lepers were cleansed, the dead were raised, all the healing miracles that Jesus did establishing his name as God, the God who heals. Number one, God heals. Number two, God heals many types of sicknesses. First of all, he is the God who heals sin 
sickness. Sin, sick. Now, everybody, repeat after me, everybody. I heard some V's, don't want to hear any V's. Everybody who asks gets this healing. Just yesterday, I was checking into the hotel, beautiful hotel, thank you, Crosswinds. I was checking in, and right when I had gone up to the, um, the counter there, the lights had just come back on in the hotel. The heat had knocked out all the power in the hotel. And I walked in, and, okay, no. Uh, anyway, I'm just saying, okay. I walked in and the lights came back on, right? And so, but the problem was the computers had to now reboot. So I'm standing there at the counter and the computers were taking their sweet time to reboot. So the, the gentleman was getting so nervous thinking I was gonna be all upset. You know, I was just, I'm gonna wait. He said, it's only 25%. You know, and then he said, oh, it's 38%. You know, so we're, I'm sitting there and I had a, a friend was with me because we were gonna go up to the room and finish talking or whatever. So we're just sitting there. So she and I start talking and a, and a young man came in, sat down, he opened his beer, and he said, what are you ladies talking about? And we said, and at that time, we were talking about cars. <laughs> so we're like, we're talking about cars. And somehow, I, I even can't follow the conversation in my mind right now, but somehow, that young man said uh, something about wanting um, to have a better life. And I said, I know how you can have a better life. <laughs> You know, and right there in that hotel lobby, we prayed with that young man to receive Christ. Bernie is your new brother in Christ, okay? And so, if the lights had not gone out, I see, I would have been in my room by the time Bernie had come in, right? But God had another idea right, Bernie's sin sickness needed to be healed. And he needed me to hang out in that lobby just a little bit longer. Sin sickness is still what God is healing. But he heals also from mental sickness. In Daniel 4, we see Nebuchadnezzar having tripped out and taken glory for himself. And God was like, uh, I don't think so. And Nebuchadnezzar is like crawling around on the ground like an animal. We see in Daniel 4 how he is healed of his mental instability. And then we see what we mostly think about when it comes to healing, we see physical healing. All through the Bible, I already mentioned a few examples. Matthew 19, 2 is just one example of great multitudes following Jesus, and he healed them all. God heals. God heals of many kinds of illnesses. The third point I really want you to remember is that God is right and sovereign in the way he chooses to heal. 
in the way he chooses to heal. So he heals miraculously. Right? I have a miraculous testimony of healing. I, I got my undergraduate degree at Biola. Go Eagles. Okay, few, few people. <laughs> we call other, all the other Christian um, colleges Christianity light. Okay. But I was at Biola my senior year, and I used to get strep throat every year. Every year, once a year. Here it comes. And it came that year right when we were having missionary conference. Now, I didn't want to miss, miss missionary conference because that's the time where they brought all the missionaries onto the campus because if you go to Biola, obviously God's will for your life is to go into ministry. Missions. And so they're setting us up, you know, with all the, with all the missionaries. I didn't want to miss anything. At the beginning of the week, I had written um, a song. I'm a musician as well, and I had written a praise song that went with the theme of the um, conference, which was, Lord, what would you have me to do? Right? And I had played it for my um, dorm friends. Well, as the week went along, I got more and more sick. And if you've ever had strep throat, you know the last thing you can do now is sing, right, or talk or anything. But I wasn't going to go to the doctor until after the missionary conference because I didn't want to miss anything. Okay. So I'm going to the different things and everything. At the end, Bruce Wilkinson was our keynote speaker that year. And he invited, started inviting people up at the ending, you know, thing to say, you know, what has God done for you this week? And my dorm friends and I were sitting on the same row and they looked down the row to tell me, you need to go up there and play that song. And I turned to them totally knowing that what I was going to do was say, you guys, yeah. And I turned to them and I said, you guys know. It was totally gone, you guys. 100 just. And I have never had strep throat again. Because God does what? He heals miraculously and not only miraculously, completely, right? Now, the follow-up to that story, I wouldn't tell that testimony for a long time because I didn't want to jinx it. <laughs> okay, let me, you can't jinx God's glory. You can't do that. Okay, but God heals miraculously. Now, God also heals using doctors and medicine. Years ago, when when Jesus was walking around, they didn't have medications that we have now. Now you get to go to a doctor and the doctor can check you out and say, oh, you have this, right? So take this and that'll make you better. So if any of you are tripping and not taking your medication, stop it, take your medication. 
take your pills, <laughs> right? Until, until God tells you you're healed. You don't have to take this anymore. God can use that medication to keep you well and keep you moving. It is not a lack of faith that you're taking your medication. Thank you. What the, and amen went right there. Right? Take your medication. My oldest son, Matthew, I have Matthew and Mark. Don't ask. They're in their 30s. They're, okay, there's not going to be any more. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so Matthew, when he was at Biola, because he's a good son, right? When he was at Biola, we discovered that he had bipolar disorder. And he was, because he was acting all crazy. <laughs> what is wrong with you? And we found out, oh, this, he's not just doing stuff. He's not just bad or, you know, whatever. He's got an issue. What are we going to do about it? Well, we went to some doctors. And they found out what was happening, and they prescribed medication. Now, a lot of people with mental disorders, they will take the medication until they feel better and then stop taking the medication. Stop doing that. <laughs> Matthew was thinking about doing the same thing. He was like, I gotta take this like for the rest of my life. And I'm not smart enough to give him the answer that I gave him, so I know it was the Holy Spirit. And I said to him, I said, Matthew, we wear glasses. And the reason why we wear glasses is because without them, everything's blurry. But when I put on my glasses, oh, everything's clear. And we think nothing of putting on our glasses every morning. I said, that little pill you take once a day is like putting on your glasses. It's going to help whatever's unbalanced to stop tripping. <laughs> he said, oh. And he's been taking his medication since then. And he's fine. As a matter of fact, he owns a company and he's making more money than I, what? Right. Okay. God heals through doctors and medication. Thank God for doctors. Right? Thank God. And good health insurance. But now God, uh-oh, I'm caught. Okay. God also heals another way that we never like to talk about. God also heals through death. My husband and I went through a cancer journey starting this past December. He went in, he had a pain inside. Took him to the hospital. They discovered that he had liver cancer. What? He wasn't an alcoholic, you know, but what? Liver cancer. And not only did he have liver cancer, but the tumor was 10 centimeters in size. What? We discovered, you know, you learn a lot of stuff. We discovered 
that liver cancer can hide in the body. And it, while it's hiding, it develops its own blood vessels that feeds itself. And, you're, and it's hiding from your immune system. What? So now, the doctors decided, okay, we've got this medicine. Now this medicine can shrink the tumor or at least stop it from growing, right? Okay, so he and I, James and I decided we are going to trust God with this. We found Psalm 103. And Psalms 103 starts by saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all our iniquities and heals all your diseases. We like that line, right? Redeems your life from destruction. Cancer was destructive. Crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Satisfies your mouth with good things. Because he was starting to not have an appetite. Okay, we need that one. Right? So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is for us, baby. I took that scripture and I copied it on the index cards. And I taped it up around the house and on the table in front of his chair. Any of you men have a chair? <laughs> let me see, let me see your hands. Okay, yeah, he had a chair and he had a TV tray. Like, that scripture, we're believing this. And so we decided to act as if that scripture was for us. We decided that those verses were true we decided that God was about to work a miracle in James's body. So see, to believe God but act otherwise is to deify, deify the natural over the spiritual. Either believe wholeheartedly and hang your body on it or stop walking around talking about what you believe. And not until God decided he was gonna go in another direction where we're gonna change our minds. So, we started the treatment regimen. I had my calendar for everywhere we had to go and everywhere he had to be. Every appointment time, location, it was in the book. I kept up with it because we believed God wanted us to continue to go to the doctors because those doctors needed to see a miracle. Sure, God could have zapped him right then like he did with my strep throat, but like the lepers in the Bible, we believed he was gonna be healed as he went. So we kept living life. But James kept getting sicker. Now here is where the skeptics and non-believers think they've got us. They'll say, uh-huh, see, prayer doesn't work. Or they'll say, yeah, praying is just empty words because then what you Christians are going to do is flip the script and, and make it say something else that, like you prayed about. Or they'll go on and say, your God is not real. 
Well, there's two things that the skeptics have twisted. Number one, they don't understand prayer. Prayer is not a magic abracadabra, hocus pocus, um, I'm going to get everything I say. Stop believing that. Prayer is a conversation with God. You take your concerns to God and then don't leave. Wait until he tells you what, you want, what he wants you to do about those concerns. You get into the Bible, get into his word. You keep coming to church so you can listen to see if God is speaking to you about what you prayed about at that time. Prayer is conversation. Secondly, what they don't understand is they don't understand God. God is not a hocus pocus. He going to do whatever you say because you all that and a bag of chips. Uh. Right? God is sovereign. That's a long Christian word for he running this. <laughs> so, as we were quoting Psalm 103, God started showing us some other scriptures in the Bible that also pertain to us and our situation. He showed us Hebrews 9:27, which says, it is appointed unto every man once to die. <gasps> He showed us Psalm 116, 15 that says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And he showed us Job's attitude when Job said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. See, when the rapture happens, <laughs> the graves are going to open and Christians are going to be raised. There's not going to be any Christians in the graves if some of them haven't died. Hmm. There's people around the throne of God right now, the Bible says. How'd they get there? They die. The Bible tells us there are martyrs in heaven. How'd they get there? They die. Now, unless the rapture happens and Jesus comes again, we all in this room are going to die. And we better have that sin sickness part figured out in advance because we are all also going to be living forever. <laughs> James loved his children, his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, extended family and friends, and I know that he loved me, and I adored him. Still, most of all, he loved Jesus even more than he loved me. And I loved Jesus more than I loved him, too. <laughs> he would like you to know that heaven and hell are real. And thanks to the Jesus in his life, his sins were forgiven. And on this past May 16th, I watched as his body let his spirit go. Just like the lepers, as he went, 
He was healed. And I said to him, you're looking at Jesus right now. What? Let's get our theology straight, though. James is not in heaven looking down at me. He got a much better face to see. He's with his Lord. He's with his Savior. Let it be a part of his legacy that if you don't know Jesus today, you could be like Bernie at the hotel. You might not have a beer in your hand, but you could come to know Jesus. And you're going to be good. You're going to be fine. Because Jehovah Rapha still exists. And he's still Jehovah Rapha, even if he heals through death. Pray with me, please. Father, we love you. And we believe you are everything that you say you are. So Father, right now, I ask that those of us in this room even who have recently dealt with the loss of a loved one can still trust you as Jehovah Rapha and know that that is only one of the names of who you are. We honor you by every name that you give us because your name is higher than every other name we can ever know. We honor you in your precious name. Amen.